The Bible says here in Luke 24, verse 1, the Bible says, Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, there came unto the sepulcher, bringing spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found, listen, they found not the body of the Lord Jesus. You know, I went on the internet this week and just put in there, uh, show me pictures of Buddha's grave. And I saw the ashes where Buddha lays. Then I put another one in and said, show me the grave of Muhammad. And I saw the place where Muhammad's bones still are today. But I'm glad for what the Bible says that they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed, that means to be confused or worried thereabout, behold, I like this part, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed their face to the earth, they said unto them, why seek ye the living among the dead? <laughs> I love this next verse. The Bible says, he is not here, amen, but is risen. He says, remember how he spake unto you when you was in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful man and be crucified the third day, and they remembered his words. Let us pray. Father, for a few moments, God, I thank you for what you're about to do in this place. Lord, I'm a weak man of stammering lips, but I pray, God, that you speak through us for a few moments. And God, that uh, the message that you've engrafted in my heart, God, I pray that I could speak it, Lord, with your will today. I need that unction of the Holy Spirit to preach like I never have before. God, give us strength today. Open their ears of hearing and hearts of understanding, Lord, that we may grow in your word. And should there be one here today lost without you on this resurrection morning, Lord, that today will be the day, Lord, that their lives will be changed for all eternity. For we give you the praise for it and ask it in Jesus' name name, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. The scriptures go on to say in verse 9, and they returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. And was Mary Magdalene and Jonah and Mary and the mother of James and the other woman that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. And Peter arose. Now you gotta remember what's happened in Peter's life. He's denied the Lord uh, three times and has went away bitterly. Now he's got word. Listen, then Peter 
ran, the Bible says, unto the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld the linen cloth lying by themselves and departed wondering in himself at this which had come to pass. Boy, I know his life is turned upside down and he knows where he's been in the last few days. He knows where he's been in his mind and in his heart and he's remembering the words of the Savior. They may tear this tabernacle down, but in three days, I'll rise it again, amen. He wasn't talking about the temple there that day. He was talking about himself. And I'm glad that the Bible talks about that uh, they went to the cross. And the Bible says, and when they come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. He took your sin, he took my sin to an old rugged cross. And he carried that cross up Galgotha's hill. And he laid down upon the cross. They didn't drag him and throw him on the cross. He laid down freely on the cross, taking your sin and taking my sin. And when they laid him on the cross, the Bible says that they took the nails and they drove them through his hands and through his feet. And it's your sin and my sin that nailed our Savior to the cross. He didn't stop right there, but he was wearing a crown of thorns. I wonder today if I shoved that down on your head, how you'd feel this morning. I wonder if I took a, a, a whip of cat of nine tails that had bone and steel and glass entwined in it and whipped you with it, what you would feel like. But that's what the Savior did for your sin and my sin. Every lie that I've ever told, every dis- seat that I've ever committed. Anything that I've ever thought that wasn't pleasing to God, he took it to the old rugged cross and nailed it to the cross. The Bible says that he went to the garden and he knelt down and prayed and he drank the bitter cup in the garden. What was the bitter cup? It was your sin and my sin that he took there. He took every rape. He took every murder. He took every murder of every child that's ever been murdered. He took every uh, abortion that's been done by a woman and by people and doctors. He took all the sin that you can think of that is terrible and nailed it to the cross. That's what he did. But it seems like here in 2023, we've become numb, we've become callous to the cross of Calvary. We like to come to to church on Easter Sunday or we like to come on Christmas and we like to spend just a little bit of time to hear about the stories of the Bible and maybe hear about a little bit of the crucifixion. But I'll come to you this morning to tell you about a man that give his life that you could be here this morning. I wanna tell you about a man that can change your life for eternity. Although you think it's you're getting by, you got great success, you're in great health, everything's working out fine, seem like everything is good in your life, it can be gone in a split second just like that. It's only because of him that we're here today. And that's why I want to preach this morning about a message the Lord gave me this week. Come right out of the scriptures there in uh There in verse six where the Bible says, and I highlighted it right at the beginning of it, he is. (laughs) Do I need to say anything else? He is. What is he? He's my everything. He's all that I need. Amen. He's all that you need. 
You may think that you need a big fine home, a big fine bank account, or a fine education, and all those things are great. But if you'll seek him first in your life, if you'll give him your life, put him first in your life, he'll give you all these things. He'll bless your life. He blesses those that seek him. He blesses those that live for him. He blesses those, amen, that blesses his name, amen. But this day of time, it's not popular no more. Don't mention the name of Jesus. We could say God all day long, but don't mention the name of Jesus. You know why the Bible says at the name of Jesus, the demons tremble and they fear. You know the demons believe more than we do, amen? They know who he is, they know what his power is, and they know they've got a short time to live. They know they got a short time to do their evil work. And if they're not working in your life, hang on for a little while, They've got your name's coming up. There's a chalkboard in hell that's got your name on it. If it ain't trouble coming in your life, if it ain't in your life, it's on its way. And you're gonna need this man called Jesus. He's the God man. He's God incarnated into the flesh. Came through a virgin's birth, amen. And walked this life for 33 and a half years. Why? For your sin and my sin. No other way, he didn't come for his, for his glory. He didn't come to be lifted up, but he come to show the way. He come to make the way. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father except through and by me. Boy, I thought a while back. You know, when we started this live streaming, and we're not live streaming today, if you haven't noticed, our computers have quit, our screens have went black, and I rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus Christ. It can all turn off, and we're gonna keep on preaching this morning. Amen. But I'll tell you what, we started live streaming back in 2020, and it was a great thing, and people were tuning in because we was all shut in at the house. Everybody scared to death of everybody to get out and do anything. We didn't know nothing about this disease. We was worried about everything, but God and made a way for us to live stream and preach to you and tell you the truth and people would tune in and it was a wonderful thing. We led people to Christ across the country on live stream that still watch today. But I've watched over uh, the last three years how it's faded off and faded off and faded off and now nobody tunes in anymore. Nobody's interested anymore. We've been out of church a long time. We don't wanna go back anymore. I don't need all of that. I've got it all made. What I need? to God for. I'm telling you this morning, we need this man because he is. <laughs> he is your everything. You may not need him right now, but there's gonna come a time in your life that you're gonna need him. I need him every moment of my life from start to finish. I said from start to to finish. When I woke up this morning about 5.30, as soon as my eyes cracked open, I said, thank you, Lord, for Resurrection Sunday. Thank you, Lord, for what this means. Lord, I remember 42 years ago when I learned about the resurrection and your saving power. God, how I thank you today uh, for being my everything. He is everything to me. And I hope he's everything to you. The first thing he is this morning, if you're looking at this, he's risen. 
Get on the internet. Look at the internet. You'll find out the ones I told you about, they're still in the grave. People traveling over to Jerusalem, going to the tomb, going in there, want to get a peek what's going on in the tomb. You can go over there right now, look in the tomb, and you'll find out he's not there, amen. His bones ain't there. They ain't ashes there. There's just an empty tomb where our Savior dwelled for just three days. And it was a barred tomb at that. It wasn't even his tomb. Why didn't he have his own tomb? Because he didn't need it long, amen. <laughs> was, I don't know if anybody's getting that or not. <laughs> it was borrowed, amen. He didn't need a tomb. Because he told him, said, I'm a coming out of there one day. Put me in there, I'm coming out. Why well, it scared that bunch so bad? They called, they was talking about this morning, our brother's preaching. They got their own Navy SEALs and put them outside the door. Watch that tomb. Boys, don't let that rock roll away. You watch that thing. He said he's gonna get up. I are the best men I've got. And you boys stand right there. Don't you flinch, don't you move. You watch that rock. And they even put a seal up on it so they would know if anybody tampered with it. But oh, even old death. <laughs> even old death was hanging around the tomb, walking back and forth, looking at it. He knew what his bidding was, but he said there's something different going on in there. There's something different happening in there. I want to go in, but I can't go in. There's something different going on about this one. Boy, I was just down the road the other day and handled somebody down there, and it was easy to snatch them away and drag them away, but this man is different. I'm telling you, there's something about this man that's different than anybody you ever met. An old death didn't know what to do, and all of a sudden he realized Wait a minute, he got to looking around, trying to find, find his keys. Oh no, anybody ever lost your keys before? Don't that drive you crazy? <laughs> I, put, I put them things over here somewhere. No death, he's trying to figure out where his keys are at. He ain't got no keys, amen, because they're in there is where they're at. He don't know it yet, but he's already got the keys. <laughs> And the Bible tells us in verse 6, he is not here, but he is risen. Remember. That's what this scripture is for. We're to remind you that you can remember that Christ is risen, amen. He's not in the grave, but he done exactly what he said he'd do. Tear this down, I'm gonna build it back, amen. Uh, put me in the ground, I'm coming out of there. I'll tell you what you need to do. Uh, 42 years ago, I came down to an old sepulcher, amen. They laid my dead corpse in a, in a sepulcher, and I'm glad Jesus passed by and rose me from the dead, amen. I come out of my dead state, I've been alive forevermore, and I'll never die again. I'm going to be just like Billy Graham. When they lay my cold corpse out in front of you all, don't walk by and say, poor brother Gary, how dead he is. I'm alive more now than I'll ever be. Amen. Don't weep, rejoice. I'm going to be the one running back and forth in heaven just like this. Amen. Alive forevermore. Why? Because of this man. It's because of him. He knew who I was. 
but yet he went. He knew that I wasn't fit and I wasn't worthy of saving, but he went anyhow. He knows every place you've been. He knows every thought you've had. He knows every failure you've made. He even knows the words that you said this morning that you shouldn't have said. He knows all about it. But yet he loves you anyhow. This man is who I'm talking about that's risen. He's not dead. Now, Christians today, it seems like that God is dead. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Preacher running back and forth across the Yeah, because he first loved me. That's where we've got. You know why? Because we forgot. We have forgot what has happened. The price that has been paid, we have forgot. Y'all don't realize the price that he's paid. Even though it's been 2,000 years ago, let me tell you this morning, these crowns still hurts. If I cram this on your head right now, it all come to reality what this was all about. They put this on our Savior's head to mock him. Because if you're a real king, let's put a crown on you. And the, and the Roman soldiers took it and crammed it down on our Savior's head. Can you imagine them big old thorns going down by the Savior's skull and the blood running down into his eyes so much that he couldn't even see. And he'd been beat so bad that the Bible talks about he was unrecognizable because of his innards hanging out and everything else and start naked on the cross. Why? For you. That's why I done it. If I passed this around this morning, you'd probably prick your fingers on this. This crown of thorns would be, and this is just a replica. If we passed it around this morning to you all and you handled it, time I got it back from all of it, they'd probably be blood all over it because you can't hardly handle it without getting pricked. And our Savior did that for you. The Bible says he never murmured a word. You know why? Because it was your sin and it was my sin. Our Savior took that up on his head for you. And when we sing, oh, how I love Jesus, it's the least that we can do for all that he's done for us. And we put up these things, these replicas, and try to help you to remember of what our Savior went through and the price that he paid for you and I. And we tend to forget all how it is. And we can't sing the songs. We won't lift our hands. We won't rejoice. We only give him 30, 40 minutes a week. We sure ain't gonna read our Bibles. We don't pray for ourselves. We don't pray for each other. It ain't no wonder our churches are dead no power in the pulpits. The preachers are getting their sermons off the internet. They're not spending time with God. We need to get back to the old past and remember who he is. We need to remember who he is this morning. He's my risen savior. I'm telling you this morning, he's not just risen. He's alive and well this morning. (laughs) 
I don't serve a dead God, I serve a live God. I have a lively hope in Christ Jesus. And I hear the uh, explanation all the time. Well, I worship different. I worship this way. I worship that way. I worship inwardly. Well, I'm going to preach this message one of these times, but I've got a stenching cord out in my workshop, and the end of it's uh, ripped off of it. I thought about stripping that thing off and bring it here to the church and plug it into that plug-in right there and let Brother David get a hold of the end of it. I promise you I'll get a reaction out of him. (laughs) Amen. When you grab a hold of 110, it'll make your eyeballs twirl around. (laughs) Woo! That's what it'll do to you. Well, I promise you serving God is stronger than 110. I'm not picking on Brother David. I'm just using him as an example this morning. We need to get hooked up and remember what this man has done. How many's fought depression and don't want to admit it? How many's fought anxiety, panic attacks? You know where that stuff's from? It's straight from hell. That's where it's from. Because the devil's a liar and the father of it. And if he can depress you and put anxiety in your life and get you all wrapped up about what's going on in your life, you'll forget about this man. And you'll focus on all your problems. I'm, I'm preaching straight off the press this morning. I, I had a whole bunch of stuff put down, but the Lord's leading me this way this morning. Until you let go and remember what he's done, the sacrifice he's paid, you'll never get nowhere. You'll live in defeat. You'll live in depression, anxiety, panic attacks. You get on medicine, you get with counselors, you'll have all kinds of trouble. You and your wife or you and your husband will have all kinds of problems. You, you won't know if you like her anymore. She don't know if she likes you anymore. And if the devil has his way, he'll tear your home apart. He'll drag you away from the church and leave you in the dust right where you're at. How's that all happen? Because we forgot the price. On this Easter Sunday, the Lord wanted me to remind you who he is. He said, I am. I am that I am. I am able. I am able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything you could think or ask. Let me say that again. (laughs) I'm above anything you can think or ask. I'm talking about this man. I ain't talking about the devil. I ain't talking about your family. I ain't talking about, I'm talking about this man. But the devil said, don't pay attention. Don't get under preaching. Don't listen to gospel music. Don't go to revivals. Stay away from church and definitely don't read and pray. That's where you need to be. That's the comfortable place to be. The devil will tell you because you'll forget the price that's been paid. He is what we need because he's alive. In John 20, verse 19, he said, Then the same day at the evening, being the first day of the week, when the door was shut, 
where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had said, he showed unto them his hands and his side, and his disciples were glad that they had saw the Lord. We're talking about now when I say he's alive and well. He is risen from the dead. And they're hiding out. They're worried to death what's going to happen next. And all of a sudden, the doors are shut and everything, and Jesus comes in the room. What is funny this morning, the doors are shut, the windows are shut, and Jesus is in the room, amen. I don't know if you can feel him, but he sure is up here with me. I can feel him in my soul. I can feel him from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet this morning. It makes me act funny. It makes me want to walk funny. It makes me want to holler, amen, when he gets on me. Why? Because I remember who he is. Amen. And so the disciples here remember, and boy, they're glad to see the Lord. In Hebrews 12, 2, the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is now, listen, he's alive in the well. The Bible said he is now set down at the right hand of the Father. He's there right now. He knows what's going on right now. He's at the right hand right now making intercession for you and I right now. What you're thinking right now, he hears every bit of it because he's there making intercession for you and I. I'm talking about the man, amen, that knows everything about your life. Do you know that he knows everyone in this room? He knows all the hairs that's in this room, some less than others, some more than others, but he knows the very hair that's on your head. He's got them numbered, every one. That's a mighty God we serve. So if he knows all of that about you, what do you know about him? He loves you so much that he gave his life. He loves you so much that he rose from the tomb. And not just that, he loves you so much that he's coming again. <laughs> I'm glad he said, I won't leave you comfortless, but I'm gonna send you another comforter, amen, which is the Holy Ghost that leads, guides, and directs you. Every time I go to do something, the Holy Spirit's leading God and direct me. Even when I'm going the wrong way, he'll lead me back the other way. If I'll be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, he'll lead me exactly where I need to go. The problem is, it's talking to me, telling me what to do, and I'm going the wrong way, and I get in a mess. And I end up falling down and getting in the mud up to my neck. And all I do is say, oh, Lord, and he's right there and picks me right up, cleans me off, says, now, go on. Don't do that again, but go on. That's the kind of man that I'm talking about, the God man that loves us unconditionally. Now, wait a minute. I believe if you're truly born again, you'll live for God. I said, if you're truly born again, you'll live for God. We all fall. 
we all commit sin. We all do things that are not pleasing to God. But I'm glad he's long-suffering. It's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come under repentance. He's there loving, caring, helping, showing. Let me break it down for you. Y'all got little children? They don't know how to eat big meat, steaks and chops and stuff like that. You got to cut that stuff up, mash taters up and peas up and feed that to them, show them how to eat. And they start wanting to walk and they're toddling around. You're helping them walk and guiding them along the way till they get strong and they can run around and, and do all the things they need to do. God's the same way. New Christians fall over. New Christians make mistakes. New Christians do some stupid things sometimes but we got a loving God that takes care of us. And when they fall down and make mistakes, he just walks right over to them, says, it's okay. Cleans them off, says, I love you. Don't do it again. Go on now. That's the way God is. He don't wad you up and throw you away, but he's long-suffering. But if you can live in open sin, And there's no chastisement in your life. There's no regret in your life of the sin that you're living in. You listen to this preacher. You're not born again. You made a mouth confession, but not a heart confession. The devil slipped you a counterfeit somewhere, and you you never really give God your heart. Because those that he loves, the Bible says he'd leave the 99 and go after that one. I'm talking about the God man. His children that he loves, he will leave the 99 and go after that one that's went astray. You know what he's gonna do? When that one goes astray, he's gonna get him and bring him right back where he needs to be. Set him right down, love on him, teach him. He'll get a spanking for it. Boy, you ain't nothing like a spanking like what you get from God. I don't like those. I never really like mom's neither, but hers is nothing like the Lord's. Mother go break them willow limbs and kind of wrap around you like a whip. When they'd stop, they'd make a knot and the blood run out. I mean, oh, it'd get your attention quick. How many of you ever tried to run from your parents? I tried one time. I pull and pull and pull. She said, oh, run, please. That's what I want you. Go ahead and run. <laughs> I just give her my hand back. I knew better. God is such a gentleman. He's not going to force you to live for him. You want to run? He'll say, go ahead. But I promise you, payday's coming. It'll catch you along the way. The Bible says, be sure your sins will find you out. That's awful rough Easter message. I'm just giving you what God told me to give you. He said to remind you who he is. Now we went down this road, let me tell you the good part. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, let me show you something. I feel like such a failure. 
God don't love me. God can't use me. I, I just don't need to go to church. I got talent. I don't need to use that for God. I've, I've, I've done so much. I've failed him so much. I can't never work for God again. He don't love me. He hates me, and I cannot do that. That's the lie of the devil. Before we read this, over in Little John, 1 John chapter 1, when he said, My little children, I write unto thee that if thou sin to have an advocate with the Father, which is Jesus Christ, the righteous, who is just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So there is repentance when you're saved. We renew our faith to God day by day. We take it to him and give it to him. And those that walk with him, I love that God loves broken people. He knows how broken we are and he loves us anyway. But he made me and you a promise that he's coming again. Listen what he told his disciples. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are what? That's a big old house, ain't it? It have many mansions in it. And he goes on to say, and if it were not so, I would have told you so. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. I'm talking about the God man that loves you unconditionally. He knows what a failure you are. He loves you the way you are. He's still working on you, and he wants to change you into the person he needs you to be. And this last year here so far, we've seen people come and get saved that thought they were saved and that they came and realized they wasn't saved and got saved, made things right. People have been dedicated back to God. They renewed their lives. People not been baptized before come and got baptized. People come and join the church, need to work in the church, need to make a commitment. Let me tell you this morning, we need a work for God. We need a work for God. And so God is telling me this morning to tell you, he's risen, he's alive and well, and he's coming again. I just told you he said he went away to prepare a place. When I say he's coming again, you can go over there in 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, he confirms that very thing when he said the Lord himself. Not nobody else, he ain't sending no other heavenly host. He said, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ are gonna rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord I'm telling you he's coming after people that are ready well Lord I went to Easter Sunday service I was there I listened to that crazy preacher scream and holler and go on I was there surely my name is in your book I can come in you know what's going to be the separator it's going to be the blood because when we stand before him one day, he's looking for one thing. Not your good deeds, not how many times you've been to church, not how many times you read your Bible, all the good deeds. He's looking for one thing. He's looking for the blood. The blood has to be applied to your heart. He said, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, 
The Bible says, Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, he think about saving them. That ain't what the Bible says. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm talking about every wicked sinner, every perverse sinner, every transgendered sinner, every lesbian, every gay, every homosexual, whatever you title you want to put on, he came to die for them all. I don't care who you are, what you are, where you've been or what you've done. He came for you. Well, if people knew who I was, they would reject me. Quit worrying about people and worry about the man I'm talking about. That's why he gave that price. That's why he paid the price. He knew in 2023 people would be messed up and would need him and would need to be born again and need a way not to go to hell. And I've got to go and pay a price so they can have a way to get to me. Jesus, as our brother has already said, was the bridge between God and man. See, we were separated from God in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve sinned, we were separated because of sin. Because of one man's sin, sin was pronounced upon all men, for all have sinned. Let me tell you this morning, we're just sinners saved by the grace of God. You must remember the price that has been paid because he is who you need today. He is the one that you need. He's the one that's going to make a way for you when nobody else will. He'll be the one that loves you when nobody else will. He'll be the one that gets you through the night when nobody else will. He'll be the one to pay your bills when nobody else can. He'll be the one that'll touch you when you got the fever so bad that nobody can do nothing. Not enough doctors can write enough prescriptions. There's no hope for you. The diagnosis is over. You're out of He'll be the one that can provide for you. He's your healer. He's your provider. I'm telling you this morning, he's your soon coming king. You can either stand before him with the blood or you can stand without the blood. It's your choice today. On this Resurrection Sunday, if you come here today and you're lost without God, you're a dead man or a dead woman sitting in your seat right now. But your life can change for eternity right now. I mean, it can turn around just like that. Pastor, you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. This It doesn't matter. He came for you, and he came for you, and you, and you, and all of you all. He came for every single one of you. So you wouldn't have to live in defeat. You wouldn't have to live in fear and doubt and worry. But you could live a victorious life knowing you're secure in him, your sins are under the blood, and heaven's your home.